Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to read Matthew 4, verses 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the spirit took him into the desert, but the devil takes him to the holy city. You would think it would be the other way around, but it's not time for him to go to the holy city yet. Jesus will be led there eventually but in different circumstances. Again, the Father is the one writing the story. Jesus is the one obeying. But the devil placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, the absolute epicenter and symbol of God's presence with Israel. Jump off, he says. For as the Psalms state, his angels will catch you. Now what's the test in this? Simply this. The devil is tempting Jesus to claim his rightful identity in the way the world would have him claim it. Imagine the spectacle. The man who jumps off the temple to be caught by heavenly creatures? Surely this is the Lord's Messiah. Surely this is the one we've been waiting for. Let's follow him. Of course he is. But his rule will not come in a packaging the world understands. It will be the reversal of every ounce of the world's logic. He will enter the temple, but he will enter on a humble donkey. And he will not enter to take it by force. See, the temptation, says Hauerwas, is for Jesus to take his life into his own hands, to be in control of his destiny. But such a role contrasts starkly with the man who will die on a cross, subject to the will of others. Jesus' purpose is to do the Father's will. The Father wills that the Son die. And in so doing, he will be confirmed as the true priest of the temple. For he will be lifted up. But he cannot short-circuit the process. And he cannot claim his identity in a way that makes sense to the world. For the world thinks along the devil's terms. The world puts itself first. Do something miraculous, the world says. Give us a sign and then we'll believe you. But Jesus only does what he sees the Father do. He obeys only what he hears the Father say. So do not put the Lord your God to the test, he says. James McClendon tells the story about Clarence Jordan. Jordan was the founder of the Koinonia community, an interracial farm in Georgia back in the 1950s. Well, obviously, there was a tremendous amount of racism levied Jordan's way. Um, In one instance, they were being denied um, supplies of some sort, and so they were trying to sue as discrimination. So Jordan is talking with his brother, Robert Jordan, who would later be a state senator and a justice on the Georgia Supreme Court. He's talking to his brother to represent Koinonia Farm legally. And this is uh, the the conversation. He wants his brother to represent uh, the farm. But his brother says, Clarence, I can't do that. 
You know my political aspirations. Why, if I represented you, I might lose my job, my house, everything I've got. Well, we might lose everything too, Bob. It's different for you. Why is it different, Clarence asked. I remember it seems to me that you and I joined the church the same Sunday as boys. I expect when we came forward, the preacher asked me about the same question he did you. He asked me, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I said, yes. What did you say? I followed Jesus, Clarence, but up to a point. Well, could that point by any chance be the cross? That's right. I follow him to the cross, but not on the cross. I'm not getting myself crucified. Well, then I don't believe you're a disciple, Clarence said. You're an admirer of Jesus, but not a disciple of his. I think you ought to go back to the church you belong to and tell them you're an admirer, not a disciple. The temptation here is for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that there's another way to follow Jesus other than the cross, and there's not. We pray for success in our respective fields, our lives. We pray for successful careers, successful children, successful marriages, successful, pain-free lives. But make no mistake, the road that follows Jesus will not be called by the world a success. Because we are the children of God. We will be the ones who join him in, in his eternal temple in joy and gladness. But the way in is not through a mighty miracle where the world oohs and ahs and says, oh, this God really is God. No, the way in is through a bloody man on a cross where the world stares confused and says, he's supposedly saved others, but he can't save himself. The way to God is a painful way. The road to Jesus will not end with you being celebrated by the world but very misunderstood. Success for Jesus is obedience. And if it's obedience, then it means he knows what you need better than you do. He knows how to write a better story than you. Lord, this is a very tough topic. We're confronted with the reality that we want to be an admirer of, admirer of you, and we kind of want to follow you, but we also want to be recognized as successful in the world. But the point of this temptation and the point of Jesus' rebuttal is that the way to you is nothing else, nothing, nothing but a cross. The way to you will result in deep misunderstanding by the world. It will seem backwards. It will seem foolish. And that's the only way. We do not willingly, we don't know how to take those steps, Lord. Only your spirit can give us the courage and inspire us enough to follow after you. In this way but we're compelled by this and um, we want to follow you because we've tasted you and we know that who you are, Jesus, is truth. And so as much as this doesn't make sense for us, if the truth of who you are says that the way we get to God is through a bloody cross, well then... I guess that's the path we have to walk.
Help us, Lord. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.